Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we'll discuss three more positive aspects of adopting the big picture perspective. The first is that race hatred and wars become obsolete, very timely subjects. With the big picture perspective, you come to know that you are much more than you think you are. As you work with your consciousness and develop abilities to expand it, you may find that you have counterparts alive at this very moment who are of a different color. And you understand that these counterparts are very much more you, an integral part of who you are, than your neighbor who is the same color that you are. And among your reincarnational selves can be found many more personalities of different colors and different races. As you begin to understand this, brotherhood takes on a new meaning on a very personal level with dimensions you never thought about before. So new and personal, in fact, that you might better call it selfhood instead of brotherhood. Now imagine that you are able to get in touch with one or more of your counterparts. Imagine your surprise when you find that the fellow who was pictured being beaten up on yesterday's news while you watched and thought, well, he deserved it. That's actually you. How do you react when you realize that you and he, on a deeper level, actually experience what happens to each other? That you are both part of a bigger you who, on a bigger scale, is one person, one entity. Suddenly, brotherhood is no longer something that's preached at you. It becomes a basic assumption about life, essential to your survival and well-being. For quite selfish reasons, and selfish reasons are okay, brotherhood is something you start to live every day, and the world becomes a better place for it. Because we don't realize any of this, the world today is one where racial hostilities seem to be virtually everywhere, even among people of the same color. You may ask, how do we know that we have counterparts or reincarnational selves of a particular race? Well, until we're better at expanding our consciousness, we don't know. But consider this. Chances are, if there is another race on which you focus a great deal of emotion, positive or negative, there is another part of you who is a member of that race. Why? Well, we are personalities whose essence is energy. It's thoroughly consistent with science to assume there would be a strong connection and ultimately a union between ourselves and any other entities with whom we have established a strong electromagnetic bond by virtue of our thoughts and emotions. So two common words for that electromagnetic bond are love and hate. Remember, in experiments of physicists with the building blocks of matter, the charting of energy flows among particles shows a universal and consistent attraction of opposite forces. In one of his uh, later books, The Entity Seth mentioned that uh, every white person alive today has a black counterpart. Interesting observation. 
Regardless, if there is a group you hate of a particular color or race or religion, chances are there's a part of you who is a member of that group. If everyone understood this, then for very selfish reasons, we really wouldn't want to go to war because we'd be going to war against ourselves. If everyone had the big picture perspective, wars and race hatred would indeed be obsolete. Of course, unfortunately for us at this time, very few have the big picture perspective. And so we have wars and we have race hatred. Let's move now to uh, another positive aspect of the big picture perspective. And it's this. You don't have to be rich or powerful to win the game that you came into play. When you understand the big picture, you come to understand that when you are finished with a particular life, The big scoreboard is not toting up riches or power. No, the score is shown in emotions, in soul growth, in the love that you were able to receive, amplify, and give to others. Fortunately, all of us have the opportunity to make our love felt many times each day, regardless of our station in a particular life. So we all have a chance to win the game, regardless of how much money or power we have. Now, many religions say this too, but it just doesn't seem to sink in with a lot of people. Maybe they just don't get the big picture, and they never realize we are here basically to give and to serve, not to accumulate wealth and power. Now, that's not to say you can't have wealth and power and still win the game. You can, of course. There are plenty of people who have enjoyed their wealth and power, but they made sure others enjoyed it or benefited by it too. And chances are they'll be feeling pretty good when they look at the big scoreboard after departing this particular probable reality. But you can win in a very big way even if your possessions are few. And the fact is, though they need not be, wealth and power can be distractions that make it more difficult to keep your eye on what really counts. So if you have wealth or power, it's a good idea to keep your eye on what really counts. In my opinion, that would be very good advice for some of the leaders of nations in our present. Now, let's turn to a third positive aspect of adopting the big picture perspective. And it is this. Cruelty in any form becomes unacceptable. Just as race hatred and wars become obsolete when we all have the big picture perspective, so also will cruelty in any form. It becomes unacceptable. That includes cruelty to animals as well as humans. There is a a very beautiful book, Talking with the Animals, by Patty Summers. Uh, It's it's an old book now, but it's still a good book. And she was uh, blessed with the gift of being able to communicate with animals. Her last name is S-U-M-M-E-R-S, Patty Summers. Now, for years, I believed that the only human who had that ability was uh, St. Francis of Assisi. In recent years, I've learned that a number of people earn their livelihood as animal communicators. In Patty Summers' case, as in many of the others, verifiable stories persuade the logical mind that she does indeed communicate with them quite well. In Patty's book, there are several stories that show you the range of thoughts and feelings that animals have. 
You cannot read them and walk away without having a greater respect and appreciation for the other species on this planet, and in knowing that they are indeed deserving of our love. Another note, you might also check out the video El Diablo. It uh, features uh, Anna Breitenbach, B-R-E-Y-T-E-N-B-A-C-H. Uh, that's the El Diablo video featuring Anna Breitenbach. In that video, you'll see how she communicates with a vicious uh, black panther uh, whose uh, behavior was totally changed afterward. Now, with the big picture perspective, you also understand that the consciousness gestalts, that's the degree of complexity, right? The consciousness gestalts that inhabit the bodies of animals, while perhaps not so complex as those of humans, are still entities capable of deep feelings. They are not here to serve us. They are here for their own purposes, which may or may not include socialization with us. At the very least, they deserve to exist without our inflicting cruelty on them. It is true they live in a world where one species attacks and kills another in order to eat and survive. That's just one of the characteristics of this probable reality that I don't particularly care for. But you'll not see animals inflicting needless pain and torture on one another. They know better and they're much more aware of their probable selves so that when they die, they are aware of probabilities where they still live in the body, <clears throat> but they are also aware of their existence uh, that transcends death. Uh, they're aware that their spirit survives even when all probable selves have left the physical body. Well, what about cruelty to humans? Well, that's where most of the cruelty inflicted by humans is directed on their own species. Torture, rape, beatings, degradation, and just plain meanness. How can humans act that way toward one another? Because they see themselves totally separate from other humans, and they don't see other humans as worthy of respect or caring. <clears throat> Once you understand the big picture, though, you can no longer see yourself as totally separate from others, and you know that every human is worthy of respect and caring simply because they are human. You know they are a part of God, playing a role perhaps of a person who is downtrodden or powerless or weak. But you're aware that they are part of a bigger self who is very much worthy of your love and respect, and so you simply can't be cruel to them. It just never enters your mind. Cruelty becomes obsolete. Well, that concludes uh, today's session, and uh, in our next session, we'll talk about evil. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.